0: So last week we began a series, The Best is Yet to Come, to to recognize, to understand, or possibly even to learn that whether we're in a good season or we're in a challenging season in our life, God wants every one of us to know today that the best is yet to come. And it happens when we begin locking into God's goodness when we begin to locking into his love. And the word of God is, is, is very important for us, to, uh, relates to us and a very important message related to this about how we stay connected to that. Here's what it says in Hebrews 10. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. So listen, the devil is working overtime to get you and I to throw away our confidence. He's constantly working to where we begin to believe that it's only a matter of time before something is spilled on the leather couch. Right? It's only a matter of time. Things are good in your life right now, man. The kids are behaving. The wife's, be, I mean, the wife's nice. The husband's nice. Sorry, Freudian slip. Things are, like, things are working well in our lives, but he's constantly whispering in our ears, it's only a matter of time. Or if you're going through a challenging season, he's saying, look, you think it's bad now? It's only a matter of time before things really get bad. And what God wants us to really lock in is to understanding that the best is yet to come. That God has great things in store for our lives. Listen, it takes as much effort to operate in faith as it does fear. The problem is is fear has just been our default mode for so long, it's easier, it feels like it's easier to go there. But it's easier to speak God's promises and watch the joy fill your heart than it is to actually speak fear and watch fear fill our lives amazing how God's wired us and I don't know if you were raised in a church like I was but I was raised in a very fear-based mindset about having a relationship with Jesus and and I don't know exactly why that was and I don't know exactly what all it dealt with and if it had to do with the issue of people mixing the law and grace but it always seemed like people were working really hard to not blow their relationship with Jesus They they were working, they were fearful all the time about blowing it more than living the victorious, conquering, overcoming life that God has called us to live, so that we actually understand that in our lives, as followers of Jesus Christ, as amazing as our life is right now, the best is yet to come. Okay, about seven of you believe that today, so I'm gonna have to preach a little harder because the best is yet to come in all of our lives. Listen, and it was perpetuated by a lot of things. I believe, again, there was a lot of legalism related to that, a lot of rule-oriented, rule-focused thing. But, but one of the things that, that I think caused that also was this issue of accountability. Now, now don't walk out today going, Pastor Richie's against accountability. I am for accountability when it's done properly. In fact, did you notice in the the video testimony just a second ago, how many times he said, hey, but when you do it with grace and you do it with kindness, when it's done properly and when it's actually done with people that love you. Because I have people in my life that I hold myself accountable to. People that I tell them, look, if you see me doing anything, you see me saying anything, don't keep quiet and go, well, it's Pastor Richie. I'm sure he knows what he's doing and going to lunch by himself with another woman. Just so you know, I don't do that. And I want people to hold me accountable. If they ever see me doing anything or saying anything, I want them to say something. But a lot of times accountability was done by people who barely knew us, let alone loved and actually cared about us. And most of the time, they were self-appointed people who felt the need to police us and to guide us. Now, you all hear what I'm saying? Because this is what has made us afraid of being accountable. It's, they're, they're self-appointed. So it would typically go something like this. Pastor Richie, um, are you accountable to anybody? Have you, do you have some people around you that are watching out for you, that they're looking at your life? Because brother, you know you can fall. And as I said last week, when did our relationship with Jesus become so fragile? that again, it's the white leather couch that we're all freaked out about. That we believe that we're just one moment away, we're just one behavior away, that God's going to go, oh, that's it, I'm out. When did it become so fragile that we think we're going to be separated from God's love forever? Because when people tell you that you can fall, you're like, say what? What? Look, I was thinking that I was the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but now I'm a little freaked out about the way I need to live my life. And all of a sudden I become very sin conscious and I become, don't do this, don't do it, don't do it. Don't. Oh man, I did it again. You'll become what you're focused on. Why do we do that? Because we believe that's how we encourage one another. Hey, you'd better watch out. You can't keep, you, got, you better keep this up, fat chance. On on doing that, but you should try. Or we'll say things like, hey, stay faithful, which is really code for you're not gonna be able to, but hey, give it a shot. (laughs) Think about it, think about what you're about ready to do, because if you don't, you're gonna hurt a lot of people and you're gonna hurt yourself. So go in God's grace, keep the faith and stay faithful. And we're like, am I about ready to fall? Are they seeing something in me that I'm not seeing? And what we don't recognize is that we are actually creating a fear-based paradigm and perspective and connection with God, our Father. And I'll tell you why we have that is because some of you had a father that that's what they wanted to perpetuate in your life is a fear-based relationship where you never felt good enough. And a lot of it dealt with their own insecurity. So listen, we're always forgiving, we're always kind towards people that blew it, because typically they're only pouring out of their bucket what was poured into theirs. Amen? But it's because they're so insecure that you're going to be better than them, they feel the need to constantly tell you that, hey, you're not doing quite good enough. And hey, you did 77 things right today, and you only did one thing wrong, and so I'm going to focus on the one thing wrong that you did. And we're perpetuating that same relationship with God, and we don't even recognize it. Hey, hey do, you better stay true. Keep your eye on the ball because bad things are going to happen. And what happens is we walk around with our heads hung low, with this intensity in our, in our lives of us striving and struggling because we are, we are wanting to make sure we're doing all the right things and we're talking about a gospel good news that the world recognizes is not good news at all. Y'all hearing what I'm saying today? And when we talk to one another, we are destroying the confidence that God wants us to have. Some of you don't know that because you were raised in a family that they do not want you to be confident. It's one of the reasons why, again, we often withhold compliments. And by the way, y'all look good today. And you know what, I recognize that I look good today on this screen today because I recognize this screen is really beautiful behind me. And because of that, there's an illusion that I'm really beautiful right here also. (laughs) So we need to compliment one another. We need to encourage each other. Our job, our responsibility is to create confidence in one another. Let me tell you one of the ways that you can create confidence in me when I'm preaching. Amen. Preach it, Pastor Richie. Because some of you, I can't tell if you're even listening. I can't tell if you're still alive. In fact, I heard about a guy who died once in a church and the ambulance came, drugged 10 people out before they found the person that was dead. We've got to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. And we need to be confident in who our God is and who we actually are in Christ Jesus. Because a lot of times we are destroying that confidence by, by being mean-spirited, by, by withholding things that we should be saying instead of encouraging one another, reminding each other, look, no, you're in a difficult time right now, but the best is yet to come. God's got a purpose and plan, but what we want to do is, look, I know you're going through a difficult time right now, and you certainly deserve it. You've been so ornery, you've done this, you've done that, you haven't done this, haven't done that. And we're we're, we're robbing people's confidence. And the Word of God says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Which, by the way, I've just decided that I'm going to be confident in my speaking, whether you think it's good or not. Because I'm not going to throw away my confidence. Why? Because it has a great reward. Amen. In fact, one of the things I notice is when I get where I'm not confident, I, I start kind of, when I'm preaching, I'm messing up my words, and I'm kind of like, oh, they're not understanding this. Jesus, is this what you really wanted me to preach? Maybe I should preach something else in the middle of my message. And I'm not going to throw away my confidence. L- let, me, let me prove to you what I'm talking about when it comes to confidence in the life of a believer. Compliment most Christians, and you will experience the most socially awkward experience of your life. <laughs> you know, go up, go up to them and say, man, man, you are really good at that. Or, man, you can really sing so good. Wow, that was amazing. And they're like, no, 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 brother. No, brother, it, it wasn't me. It was the Lord. <laughs> you're Right? Oh, yeah. And you're thinking in your mind, no, no, it wasn't quite that good. Right? <laughs> Really good, but it wasn't quite that good. And listen, yeah, I get what you're saying. Listen, but we can't take a compliment without acting like we're just one step above doggy dung. Seriously, next time someone says something that's true about you, here's what you can say thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate you saying that. And if you're really confident, go, I tend to agree with you. In fact, one of the reasons why I'm doing this is because I know that my God has gifted me to do this and I'm just walking in the gift that he's gifted me with. Amen? Amen. So what happened to our confidence? You notice when you're 21, you're incredibly confident? You get about 40, man, suddenly confidence is, where did that thing go? Had it around here. Man, when you're, when you're younger, You know everything. I I tell my my wife this all the time. If I was going to plant a church, I should have done it right when I graduated from high school. Because I knew everything then. It's life that begins to jack with us. What has happened to our confidence? Listen today. And I'm not talking about having confidence in yourself. I'm talking about having confidence about who you actually are hidden in Christ Jesus. Who you are as a child of God. Because listen. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself, it's just thinking of yourself less. Let me say that again because that's pretty good. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself, it's just thinking of yourself less. That's why the Apostle Paul had to remind his star pupil, Timothy, because, man, we all need to be reminded. It's one of the reasons why we got to get planted in the house of God. It's one of the reasons why we need to be in a small group. It's one of the reasons why we need to go through the growth track because we all need to be reminded. And here's what Paul reminded Timothy in 2 Timothy 2. He said, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He told him to be strong, not to be wimpy. Be strong because you've been forgiven. Two of you. Be strong because you've been forgiven today. Be strong because you've been covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. It means that the Father no longer looks at you and sees you. He sees Jesus when he's looking at you. You've been covered. You've been accepted today into the beloved. You are loved by God unconditionally. You're his son. You're his daughter. And listen, you have a blood-bought right to all the inheritance, to all the favor, all the grace and the blessing that comes from God. Not because of you, simply because of what Jesus has done. So God wants you to be confident in that. That's why he goes on in this next verse in Hebrews chapter 10. For you have need of endurance. And I believe that your ability to endure and persist in the life we live in Christ is directly tied to the confidence we have in our God and in his goodness. Because the moment that gets stolen from us and we doubt God's goodness, we doubt his love, we think we still have to perform, suddenly we're waffling in our confidence in God. And it's interesting because that's why the previous verse, again in verse 35, tells us to, therefore, do not throw away your confidence. In, in the Greek, which is the original language of the Bible, this word throw away is actually just one word. And it, and it has both an active and a, and a passive meaning. And, and the best way for us to understand the active meaning is if y'all remember the story of Blind Bartimaeus in Mark Bart chapter 10, Jesus restores his, his sight and he stands up, the Bible says, and he takes off his cloak and he throws it away. He throws away his cloak cloak and then he goes to Jesus that is an active understanding of this of this word throw away but the passive understanding of this word throw away is like a tree dropping its leaves just over time one at a time I I don't know if you know this but fall began yesterday so we're about ready to enter into Fall And, and as, as the coming months happen and it begins to get cooler and the, the sun is actually shining less on the trees, suddenly the, the, the leaves begin to die and slowly, one by one, the, the leaves fall off. That's this passive meaning. Just, it just begins to fall off. And, and I think what God is telling us through his word, which you do understand that your professors or other people have lied to you, that telling you that the word of God is just a book written by men. It is a book written by men through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's God speaking to you. It's God talking to you. It's God directing you. And God is telling us through his word that, that is one of the ways we lose our confidence is we actively throw it off. And I don't think we know that we're doing that, but we actively throw it off. We we face a challenge face a challenge in our health or in our finances in a relationship and and things don't work out the way that we'd hope they work out and we say to ourselves i don't believe that promise is true or i don't believe that promise is actually for me because i have disqualified myself and and the reason is is because god doesn't answer us when or how we would like him to answer us or we develop a theology which is even scary scarier. A theology is just an understanding of God that fits into our experience. We allow our experience to fit into our definition of God instead of His Word to define God. God doesn't do that anymore is what we say. God God used to do that, but He, He doesn't do that anymore. And that's how we actively throw off our confidence. And I believe that people certainly do that. In one moment we're confident and then something happens and we just begin to say, no, no, that's, no, I I don't believe that by his stripes we're healed because I've seen people die. I don't believe that my God shall supply all my need because I have been in a time where I've needed stuff. So we, we certainly do that, but I believe that it's the passive way that actually happens more often. Why do I say that? Because our confidence leaks. Our confidence leaks out of us. Uh, In in fact, our confidence drops leaf by leaf. How's that happen, culture? Culture's one way. You're you're bombarded all the time by messages that God is not real. Or that God, Jesus was just a good man. By our surroundings, people that you run with. I don't know if you know this, but people that you run with are defining your theology. They're they're defining it in, in a variety of ways. Circumstances. Our failures, our weaknesses, our challenges. And and before you know it, leap by leaf, all of a sudden, you're bare and you're lacking confidence. And it typically isn't an overnight thing. In fact, most of the time, we're shocked when we find ourselves not confident in ourselves or confident in God. Because we remember a time that wasn't that long ago that we were confident. Man, I'm confident in God's promises. I'm confident in God's goodness. And and suddenly, we didn't even recognize it was happening, but suddenly we find ourselves way over here, and we are lacking confidence. It's like a leaf. One at a time, it it begins to fall. Well, Richie, that's just the way life is supposed to be. That is not the way that life is supposed to be. Let me say that again to wake some of y'all up today. That is not the way that life is supposed to be. Because the best is yet to come. Let me say that again. The best is yet to come. See, the Bible talks about in Psalms 84 that we are to go from strength to strength. We are not to go from strength to weakness. So we're not to be strong one day and weak the next day. We are to go from strength to strength to strength to strength to strength. Right? It also talks about how we are to go from glory to glory. Well, how do we do that? Let me show you this verse, 2 Corinthians 3 says that we all with unveiled face, meaning we get to see and stare at the goodness of God. How do I do that? Through his word. Through what he's doing in our lives. We all who with unveiled face contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Ever-increasing glory. Listen, we are to go from grace to grace. Not from grace to the law, grace to grace. John 1 verse 16 says this, For from his fullness, talking about Jesus' fulfillment, we have all received grace upon grace, upon grace, upon grace. It's what I talked about last week. We are to receive an abundance of grace in our lives. See, our confidence is supposed to grow in God's strength, in God's glory, in God's grace. But listen, often, unfortunately, the opposite is actually true. We second-guess ourselves. We second-guess God's promises in our lives, so the leaves begin to drop and our confidence begins to wane. So what we do as Christians is we cloak our lack of confidence in false humility. I can't do that because I'm just nothing but a worm. We really do. And as I said earlier, humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. Because listen, when you start thinking less of yourself, well, I'm, I'm no good, I'm, I'm no ta- not talented, I, I have no, nothing of value to actually add. Listen, it is not an indictment against you. It's actually an indictment against your creator who created you in his image today. In fact, that's why the word of God says in Ephesians 2, for we are God's handiwork. We are his workmanship. How many of you know that God doesn't make junk? Some of you think, oh yeah, that's true for everybody else, but I'm the one that broke the mold. Right? We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That's your purpose. Again, that's the growth track. Figure out your purpose, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we're not to think less of ourselves because it's an indictment against God. But we are to think about ourselves less. That it's not about me. God, thank you for the ability and talent that you give me. Thank you that I get a walk in this. But God, thank you that you're a good God. You can start thinking more. When you start thinking of yourself less, you can start thinking more about who your God is. How amazing he is. The way he's designed you. The way he's created you. In fact, Psalms 139, David got a revelation of this. He said, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made how many of you when you get up in the morning you get in the mirror and you immediately are attracted to the thing you do not like about yourself do these jeans make my hips look big right you're, you're automatically attracted but how many of you get up in the morning and go oh dude you are looking good today I think I'm actually looking better today than I was yesterday. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what my wife's feeding me. But man, this is amazing. Anybody? <laughs> David said, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen, I tell my wife this all the time because she, she'll point out something. I'm going, babe, I think you're awesome. And it's not flattery. I'm serious. I think my wife's gorgeous. I love my wife. I love everything about her. We work through some things, but I love everything about her. Seriously. And and when when I hear her saying things like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm like, babe, you're awesome. It's easier for me to see it in other people than it is to see it in me. And we need to recognize what David said I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Are y'all hearing that today? You need to walk out today with your head on your shoulders. Which is a good place for it to be. Your, your head held high, shoulders thrown back. Classic, right? All right. You need to walk out today confident, go, man, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you, God. Thank you, the way you designed me and created me. God, I, I love the way you designed and created me. I need to be a little better steward of some things, but God, thank you that you're, you're the way you made me. Listen, there hasn't been, nor will there ever be another you. you now, some of you are going, man, that's awesome. And some of you are going, thank God. Here's why I think we think that, honestly. I think sometimes we are trying to qualify or don't believe that we can qualify for something that Jesus has already qualified us for. I love it when Pastor Mark said that earlier, man. It's because of Jesus. Jesus. I'm telling you, we're hidden in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're not the bad habit. You're not the thing that you're struggling with. You're not the thing that you're dealing with. And Are you saying my behavior doesn't matter? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying don't focus on the behavior. Focus on your God and who you are in Christ Jesus. And the behavior will begin to change. Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So how do most of us lose our confidence? Leaf by leaf. One challenge at a time. One, honestly, one wrong word at a time. We start saying, oh, I'm less than. I'm less than. I'm not a conqueror. I'm defeated. And we don't recognize it's one thing at a time that we forget how amazing our God actually is. And we forget that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Because listen, if you don't understand all the benefits you have as a follower of Jesus Christ, you won't walk in the confidence that you have simply because of Jesus Christ. Recently, read a story about a man who many years ago made a voyage across the Atlantic Ocean on a ship, and he had scrimped and saved everything that he could to make the voyage. And he could only afford a cheap cabin, and so it was way down at the bottom of the deck. And he knew that he wasn't going to really be able to afford to eat. He didn't think, so he packed some some crackers and cheese to help sustain him through the the trip. And but each day he would get up and he would walk past the dining hall and he would look in there and he would see people in there eating. He could only imagine how how the hot food must have been so wonderful and how, how tasty it must have been. And one day a gentleman asked him, hey, why don't you, why don't you come in and eat with us, you know? And the guy said, listen, I, I could barely afford my ticket, so I wasn't able to do it. Well, the man raised, raised his eyebrow with a surprise and said, don't you know that the meals are included in the price of the ticket? It's actually already been paid for. See, and I think this is what happens to a lot of Christians, that they're, they're missing out on God's best for them. They miss out on believing that the best is yet to come because they don't know that it's already been paid for. Listen, I don't know what your best is going to be in the future, but I'm here today to tell you that it's already been paid for. That you don't have to work to earn it or to deserve it. You simply have to walk following after Jesus towards what it is that he has for you. The best is yet to come. Because a lot of times they don't know that it's been paid for. They either don't know God's promises or they don't believe God's promises for them. Listen, I, I, I pray that you get a hunger for the word of God to understand that God wants you to know his promises. Listen, if you didn't know that sugar was bad for you, and you could just, some of you go, but really? Yeah, it's bad for you, all right? If you didn't know sugar was bad for you, Listen, it it wouldn't matter if you ate it in faith going, well, God, I just think this is going to be okay for me. It would still negatively affect you. We've got to know God's promises. And then once we know God's promises, we've got to believe God's promises for our life. And the way we establish confidence in our lives, the way we make our way sure, the way we don't throw off our confidence is we choose to know God's promises and we choose to believe God's promises. We tie our belief to his word rather than tying our belief to our feelings. Some of y'all need to hear that because you think your feelings are what you believe, but your feelings are something that are trying to direct you. And you get to choose how to direct your feelings so that when the devil starts whispering, saying that's not true, you can say, no, no, feelings. We're going to trust the word of God and stand on the word of God. I don't know if you follow professional athletes that much, um, but you know because sometimes we 're seeing people that, that we maybe don 't relate to or something, but one of the things that I, I, I used to think about the posse, uh, those people that the entourage of professional athletes, um, I used to think that they were surrounded, they were surrounded with those people just because it was an ego issue, and, and I think sometimes it actually can be, but I, I also really think that it 's in, it's, it's incredibly helpful. For them to have people speaking life and success over them. For them to stay at the top of their game. Because one of the things that professional athletes have to do well, and honestly, one of the things that we have to do well, is we have to not allow people or circumstances to get into our heads. They do. Y- y'all have seen it. Y'all have followed sports, or if you have followed sports, I'm using a lot of sports analogies over the last couple of weeks, and those of you that don't watch sports are like, we don't get it. A lot of times they're like a wide receiver that lines up for the Dallas Cowboys and he's about ready to go score a touchdown. (laughs) Some of you checked out the rest of the message. That defensive back across from him is talking all kinds of smack and trash. Tell him, you know what, you are so slow, brick hands. You you aren't going to be able to catch it, and if you do catch it, I'm going to clobber you when you come across the middle and if he's not careful, that'll begin to get into his head and suddenly he goes across the middle and he ducks. But since he's the Dallas Cowboys, he has confidence. <laughs> That's all we got this year. That's all we got this year. We got confidence, right? He doesn't let it get into his head, so he runs down there and he starts talking trash back. Now you think, you watch me, I'm fixing to run right past you. Then he does a button hook, catches the ball, does a quick move, scores a touchdown. The Cowboys win the Super Bowl. All right. It's my dream. My dream. Listen, because if they let people get into their head, they lose their confidence and their game starts to fall apart. It does. They get, they get shaky. Listen, when we're surrounded by a group of friends, small group, I don't know if you know, but they just started. If you're not in one, now's a great time to get in one when you're surrounded by a group of friends that are constantly speaking encouraging words to us, when we're surrounded by leaders of this church through the celebration service or through the growth track that help us understand and walk in our destiny, when, not if, when the enemy tries to get into our heads and you can't seem to find your confidence, you're gonna be surrounded by a group of people that love and care for you and they're gonna speak God's word and God's promises into your life. And they're going to remind you that though you're going through some challenges right now, I want to remind you God is moving in your life. The best is yet to come. They're going to remind you when things are going well, listen, God's got more for you than where you're at right now. I know this is good, but don't camp here because the best is yet to come. So don't quit. Don't get complacent. Where you're at because the best is yet to come. And what's going to happen in your life when you begin to establish your confidence and not let your confidence be thrown away Thrown away is you're going to go from strength to strength, glory to glory, grace to grace. Why? Because the best is yet to come. Listen, you got to hear that today. I pray that you walk out of here saying that today. The best is yet to come. I don't know what you're going through today, but I'm going to remind you today that the best is yet to come to come. I don't know how good things are and it's easy to want to camp right there but the best is yet to come. God's got an amazing plan for every one of your life today.